A warning, this episode features violent content, disturbing imagery, and mature themes. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Additionally, we've taken some creative liberties to develop the story in ways that aren't present in the original text. We hope you enjoy our adaptation of this classic tale. The word of the Pharaoh, the people of Egypt were spared from their torment. I, the God of Abraham, removed my hand of judgment, and they breathed a sigh of relief. The Nile's waters ran clear and no longer stank of blood and rotting creatures. The Egyptians' homes were freed from the webbed grip of frogs, and their occupants could sleep once more. Pharaoh's people breathed a sigh of relief. They believed the ordeal was over, even if it had cost them their slaves. For Pharaoh had promised to allow the Israelites to go into the desert to worship me. Pharaoh lied. He convinced himself that my signs were nothing more than parlor tricks. He revoked his promise and forced me to summon more plagues. I sent my servant Moses to raise his hand over all of Egypt. He struck the earth and all the dust in Egypt sprouted wings. Each speck became a gnat and they numbered thousands upon thousands. Clouds of shadow descended on the land. The gnats filled every home so that men and beasts alike could not breathe without inhaling the pests. With every step, the earth turned slick with ichor. The angry sound of humming wings filled their ears as they slept. All this and more I inflicted on the land of Egypt so that all might know that I am the Lord. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Today, we conclude the story of Exodus, as told in the second book of the Torah, as well as the Christian Bible. In this part of the tale, the battle of wills between Moses and Pharaoh reaches a fever pitch, leaving many dead in the land of Egypt. The Jewish holiday of Passover finds its roots in this chapter of the story. According to the book of Exodus, God gave his people very specific instructions about how to celebrate him granting their freedom from slavery, as well as their deliverance from God's wrath. People all around the world still follow this tradition. Perhaps when you hear the story's conclusion, it will be easy to understand why. Coming up, Egypt feels the wrath of God. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Pharaoh sat in the throne room, speaking to his court magicians about what could be done. His palace was flooded with gnats. Every brick, every corner, every inch of exposed skin swarmed with the insects, a nuisance beyond anything the court had encountered. I cannot sleep without hearing my son choke. These blasted gnats have nearly suffocated him. How do we get rid of them? Your Majesty, with all due respect, I should think the answer is obvious. Ah, if it was so obvious, why haven't you rid us of these pests? I have tried to turn dust into gnats, and I have failed at every turn. We can no longer deny that plague is done by the God of Moses. Moses is a charlatan! I am a god! And it is by your power we will end this. All Moses asks is three days of freedom. I would rather have their heads on a... Blessed insects! Divine! If you are truly so incompetent, then you leave me no choice. I will give Moses what he wants. The magicians sent word to Moses and Aaron. Pharaoh would let the Israelites go. Relieved, the brothers entreated God to remove his plague from the land. As the words left their lips, each gnat lost its wings. They fell to the earth, returning to dust. I allowed the people of Egypt to breathe again. The Israelites waited with bated breath for Pharaoh's decree, but it never came. After a week of silence, Moses and Aaron could wait no longer. Pharaoh! Moses, come in. Each time you deceive our people, each time you break your word, you only make things worse. Your arrogance will bring disaster on your kingdom. I am disaster, and I can visit my wrath upon your people with a single word. With one command, my armies will march upon Goshen and raise it to the ground. Be happy that I'd let you live. <sighs> I've tried to warn you. Aaron, give him the latest word. The Lord says, 
Let my people go so they may worship me. From this day forth, I will deal differently with the land of Goshen, where my people live. No plague shall touch them, so you will know that I, the Lord, am in this land. My next miraculous sign will occur tomorrow. By tomorrow, my armies will force your people back to work. Get out of my sight! Moses and Aaron left, and Pharaoh's order followed them. His armies readied their weapons, preparing to march on Goshen. But as the sun rose, Moses raised his staff. Pharaoh threatens your people, Lord. Save us. I heard my servants cry and answered. Flies rose from the earth like the spirits of the dead. They spread across the land, a cloud of pain and misery, biting and irritating the flesh of the Egyptians. Moses and Aaron watched in amazement as the flies descended upon Pharaoh's armies, but did not cross the border into Goshen. Not a single Israelite was bidden. Finally, he spares our people. I am relieved, frankly. The frogs were bad enough. I hope the other Israelites feel the same, but I fear the worst is still to come. The biting flies were nothing compared to the whips that the Hebrews had endured for years, but they were enough to drive the Egyptians to desperation. They begged Pharaoh to release the Israelites and put an end to their suffering. Once again, Pharaoh made promises. If your Lord removes the flies from this land, I will let his people go. And with the wave of my hand, the flies departed. Not a single fly remained in all the land of Egypt. And as penance for the pain the Israelites have caused us, my armies will finally march on Goshen. Then they will witness God's vengeance. With pestilent death, I struck down all the livestock in the land of Egypt. Horses, donkeys, camels, cattle, sheep, and goats all collapsed in their fields and stables. But not a single animal belonging to the Israelites died during that time. All lived so they may know I am the Lord. Your move, Pharaoh. The Lord should have struck my soldiers rather than our cows. I will make the Hebrews suffer as my people have suffered. Then the people of Egypt shall receive another sign. Moses grabbed a fistful of soot from the furnace and hurled it into the air. A current of wind caught it and it spread across Egypt. As the soot fell on the Egyptians, their limbs erupted with boils. Their skin burned and itched, but no salves or ointments would give them reprieve. Pharaoh's armies writhed in the barracks, unable to march or even don their armor. 
When Moses and Aaron went again to speak with the Pharaoh, his own officials could not face the men. The people saw what the Pharaoh did not. Many cried out for him to relent. Very well. I have seen my people suffering, and I will let the Israelites go. At his word, I healed his people. The boils receded. Before long, all of Egypt was restored to full health. The people of Egypt thanked the Pharaoh for relenting. Moses and Aaron returned to his throne room to deliver a stern warning. Pharaoh, to this point the Lord has held back his mighty hand. He has caused you grave annoyances and vicious pain. But he has left your crops in the fields and breath in your people's lungs. Be grateful for that and let us go in peace. You say your Lord is merciful, and yet he would rob us of our great workforce. Who would make our bricks? Who would sow our fields if I let you go? Pharaoh, our people can perform their own labor. Haven't you heard them crying out? The freedom of the Israelites is worth the end of our suffering. Silence! Do you not see what this man is doing? He intends to ruin our empire! to weaken us from within so that the Hebrews might conquer us. I will not be so cowed. Very well, Aaron. As your heart remains hard, this is what the Lord has to say. Let my people go so that they may worship me, or this time I will send the full force of my plagues against you and your officials and your people, so you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. Therefore, this time tomorrow, I will send the worst hailstorm that has ever fallen on Egypt. Give an order now to bring your people to a place of shelter, because the hail will fall on every man and animal that has not been brought in, and they will die. Pharaoh, surely we should do as he says. Even if they're bluffing, what's the harm of one day indoors? Are you Egypt's ruler, or am I? We shall make no adjustments. Keep the people working as usual. Moses' warning and Pharaoh's orders spread throughout the land, and the Egyptian people grew fearful. They had seen the terrible power of Moses' God, but they knew the Pharaoh's wrath was also terrible. For the first time, they were forced to choose whose fury did they fear more. Families were split. Children cried as their parents argued over which course of action was best for their safety. Few could agree. By the next day, the country remained divided. Some followed Moses' warning. However, those Egyptians who feared the Pharaoh's sword returned to work. From the corners of the earth, I brought the winds. They carried dark and fearsome clouds blotting out the sun. The sky echoed with my wrath as I threw lightning against the land. Hailstones large as boulders fell from the sky in an unending torrent. All who stood in the fields were crushed by the falling ice. And all the while, 
Not a single hailstone touched the land of Goshen. In all the years of recorded history, Egypt has never seen a storm like this one. If the Lord relents, I will let his people go. At the Pharaoh's word, I cleared the sky. Moses and Aaron watched the lightning fade and the clouds recede. The hailstones melted beneath the heat of the sun so the Egyptians could gather their dead. But once again, Pharaoh went back on his word. Many of my men have lost their lives, and even my officials urge me to let the Israelites go. But the Israelites have evil in their hearts. I will not set them free, only to have them return and destroy us. I will not let the Israelites go. You bring this upon yourself, Pharaoh. Your stubbornness has brought the next plague, the likes of which no Egyptian has ever seen before, nor will ever see again. Moses raised his staff. A strong east wind began to blow, and it was alive with the thrum of beating wings. Hordes of locusts rode into Egypt on the breeze. The locusts moved over the land like an invading army. The crops were stripped bare. The ground turned black with the carapaces of insatiable insects. The people cried out to Pharaoh in their suffering. His armies laid down their weapons, and Pharaoh's officials begged him to relent. Your Majesty, can't you see? Your stubbornness has destroyed all of Egypt. You have brought ruin on your people. I... I have sinned against the Lord. If he removes this deadly plague, I will set his people free. You have my word. The people of Egypt felt a strong wind blow from the west. They watched in awe as each locust was plucked from the ground and thrown into the Red Sea. They cheered as the insects were devoured by the fish, and they cried tears of relief at their freedom from the swarm. And now you will let the Israelites go, as you have promised? No. Your Majesty, please, be reasonable. Don't you understand, Magician? The Israelites will never be satisfied. If we let them go now, they will return with swords of fire. <laughs> How could they not, after what we have done to them? But what choice do we have? Our food has been destroyed. Our stores are quickly depleting. Egypt will starve. The locusts spared Goshen, didn't they? We'll take the Israelites' food. Let them starve. After everything that has happened, you still cannot see that we are at their God's mercy. Moses was right. You will lead us to our doom. I grow tired of this. Gods, take this one away and have them executed. I hope you listen to Moses soon, Pharaoh. For Egypt's sake. On Pharaoh's command, his army marched for Goshen again, ready to seize the Israelites' food stores. 
Moses and Aaron watched from a hilltop, anguish in their hearts. Pharaoh still will not relent. He may be the most stubborn man in all the world. I wouldn't be surprised. Who could be more hard-hearted than a man who believes he is a god? And now you raise your staff again. I can't bear to see what the Lord has in store. Luckily, we won't have to see it. Nobody will. Aaron watched Moses lower his staff. With it fell a dense, inky blackness, impenetrable even by the light of the sun. The shadow descended beyond Goshen's borders to cover Egypt. The Egyptians could feel the shadow as it fell upon them. They tried to light their lanterns, but even as they felt the heat of the fire, its light could not pierce the dark. Yet even as this shadow descended on the palace, Pharaoh's heart remained hard, hatred on his mind. Does Moses think I am a child? I do not fear the dark. It is not the dark you should fear, Pharaoh. It is me. Coming up, Moses and Pharaoh have their final confrontation. They're role models, nurturers, and to many, the ultimate best friend. But what happens when Mommy Dearest has a dark side, one that's more criminal than caring? Find out in the Spotify original from Parcast, Malicious Moms. Hi, I'm Vanessa Richardson, host of Malicious Moms. Every Sunday on Spotify, join me for a closer look at the moms who took their maternal instincts to illegal extremes. A beloved actress who would do anything for her child. A jilted ex who used her kids to take deadly revenge. Plus, a wife, a mistress, and an altercation with an axe you have to hear to believe. In this podcast collection, learn the dire lengths some women went to help their children and how others used motherhood to carry out their misdeeds. Sometimes true crime can be a real mother. Follow Malicious Moms free and only on Spotify. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Now, back to the story. Moses and Aaron stared at the darkness hovering beyond the edge of Goshen. It was as if the world outside of the Hebrew borders had ceased to exist. It's been three days and three nights. Still, we've heard nothing. I can't imagine the terror they must feel. The isolation. Try being a slave. That's terror and isolation. 
and it doesn't end after three days. Oh, it's the night that goes on and on all your life. Save your pity for someone that deserves it. I'm sorry, Aaron. I've been so focused on what we're doing, I never thought about how you're feeling. How all our people are feeling. You say that like you're not one of us. I'm a Hebrew by blood and by faith, but I was spared the yoke of slavery. I can't even begin to imagine the life you've lived, the despair you've faced. But surely you had something worth living for. I had my wife, my children, but to know we would all die in chains. Often I struggled just to leave my bed, and when I returned, I feared falling asleep. My dreams were nothing but crushing darkness. That sounds... horrible. Believe me when I say I don't pity a single Egyptian for what's happening to them right now. In fact, I wish their suffering would never end. I understand. But it must end. Come. What? Now? Yes. I have heard the Lord's voice. There has been enough darkness. Moses and Aaron made their way to the border of Goshen, where the Great Wall of Shadow loomed. As they took their first step into the darkness, the light went with them. The shadow fled from their steps, and the further they walked, the more darkness they chased away. They found Egyptian families huddled together, men, women, and children cowering in doorways. They stared up at Moses and Aaron in awe, weak eyes blinking against the light. Moses and Aaron entered the palace and approached the throne room. In the hallway, they nearly stumbled over the Pharaoh's son. The 12-year-old boy looked up at them with a look of wonder on his face. Finally, they reached the throne room. The last three days had not been kind to Pharaoh. He sat on the throne, face gaunt and eyes sallow. His back was hunched. He looked defeated. It took darkness to show me that I am blind. It took the frightened tears of my son to teach me humility. Go, worship the way you see fit. Even your women and children may go with you, but your flocks and herds belong to Egypt. You must leave your animals behind. You must allow us to have sacrifices and burnt offerings to present to our God. Our livestock will come with us. Be reasonable, Moses. I have tried to be reasonable with you. You have lied, cheated, threatened, stolen, and murdered. We will take our animals with us. You have decimated our food. My people are starving. Their deaths are on your hands. Very well. I rescind my offer. Your people will stay in chains. Because you have hardened your heart, this is what the Lord says. I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. There will be a loud wailing, worse than there has ever been or ever will be again. From the firstborn son of the slave girl who is at her handmill, to the firstborn of what cattle remain, 
and even the firstborn son of Pharaoh, who sits on the throne. Every firstborn son in Egypt will die. You dare threaten my son? Get out of my sight! If I ever see your face again, it will be your last day. Very well, Pharaoh. Just as you say, I will never appear before you again. Goodbye. As Moses turned to leave, he saw the throne room doors standing wide open. There in the doorway stood Pharaoh's son. The boy's eyes were wide with terror. Moses averted his gaze, unable to look at the prince. Whatever the Lord asks, everything for his people to be free. Are you well, Moses? You look as if you've seen a ghost. That boy, Aaron, the Pharaoh's son, I know him in a way I was him. I shared his youth, his upbringing. If I was still a young man, I may have called him brother. These thoughts are foolish, Moses. Your real brother stands beside you now. I need you to be strong. I will not falter, Aaron. Even though my heart breaks for Egypt, this boy's blood is on Pharaoh's hands. Moses and Aaron returned to the land of Goshen and summoned the Hebrew elders. Aaron relayed the instructions they had received. Our Lord's work is nearly complete. One more night and we will be freed. But there is something we must do. For each household, select a year-old male lamb without defect. Slaughter them at twilight, roast them over a fire, and eat them as a meal. When you are finished, take some of the blood and spread it on the door frames of your homes. Tonight, the Lord will send the angel of death unto Egypt. He will strike down every firstborn and bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. The blood will be a sign for you, and when he sees the blood, he will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when he strikes Egypt. The elders listened and spread the word. Soon, every doorway in Goshen was smeared with blood. Hebrew families gathered together in their homes, preparing for the coming darkness. That night, Pharaoh sat at the foot of his son's bed, a curved sword in his hand. He'd posted guards at every door and entrance, instructing them to prepare for an attack by Hebrew assassins. If they intended to take his son's life, they would pay with their own. Then the midnight hour arrived. Pharaoh felt the change in the air, like a vacuum had drawn all heat from the room. He leaped to his feet, ready for a fight. Then he heard it. No. From the depths of his palace to the far reaches of his country, all of Egypt cried out with immeasurable grief. Pharaoh felt dread settle in his stomach. He scrambled for a torch beside his son's bed and lit it. My son, 
Wake up, boy. In the flicker of the flames, he saw his boy unmoving. He reached out to shake his son awake, then recoiled in horror. The boy's skin was cold to the touch. There had been no assassin, and yet Pharaoh's son was dead. Uh, My son! My boy! Moses and Aaron sat around the table in Aaron's home, eating the sacrificial lamb in silence. The sounds of distant wailing wafted in through the window, as they had all through the night. It won't be long now before we're free. Even Pharaoh will not be able to stomach this. I can hardly stomach it. I told you to save your pity, Moses. Have you forgotten the circumstances of your birth? I have not forgotten. I was hidden to avoid the slaughter of Hebrew infants. Exactly. The Egyptians have visited atrocities on our people for 400 years. This may feel brutal, but one night of suffering is nothing compared to what we have endured. These plagues are justice. The children that are dying did not commit those atrocities. They didn't deserve any of this. Neither did our children. Yet, the Egyptians hardened their hearts to our suffering, just as the Pharaoh hardened his heart to his own people. Now we do the same. Freedom comes at a high price. Perhaps. I only wish the world didn't have to be so brutal. Perhaps that's why God has called us here. To lead our people in a better way. To follow a higher law. At that moment, before the sun had risen, Moses and Aaron heard a knock at the door. A messenger had come, bearing a papyrus scroll stamped with the seal of the Pharaoh. Moses, what does it say? It's an official decree. Pharaoh has ordered the Egyptians to let our people go, along with all our livestock. We're free! It's over! As the sun peeked over the horizon, Moses and Aaron ran through the streets of Goshen, shouting out the message to the Hebrew people, and the cry of grief that had risen in Egypt was drowned in the exaltation of the Israelites. They were ready to leave at the first light of dawn. They gathered up all their belongings and all their livestock, and they moved as one from Ramesses to Succoth. 600,000 men marched on foot, with women and children walking with them. It was an exodus unlike any the world had seen before. When they passed through towns, the Egyptians cheered for their departure and urged them to hurry. Some even lavished the Hebrews with gifts of gold, silver, and fine clothing. The faster they could get the Hebrews to leave, the less likely it was that Pharaoh would change his mind. As night fell, Moses saw a great pillar of flame appear against the dark sky. He ordered the Israelites to follow it. As they walked, the pillar of flame moved before them, guiding their every step. When the sun rose, the fiery pillar turned into black smoke, visible from miles around. 
The Israelites followed it until they arrived at Pi-Hahiroth, where they made camp along the coast of the Red Sea. At the same time, Pharaoh fumed back in his palace. His grief had turned to anger. Can you hear me, God of Moses? Your crimes against my people will not go unanswered. You promised to free the Israelites from Egypt, but still they dally within my borders. The only freedom they will ever know is freedom from life itself. Legions of Egypt, don your armor. Take up your spears and swords. Ready your chariots. Today, we wipe the Israelites from the face of the earth. Coming up, the Israelites face extinction. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams. So they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Now back to the story. Moses and Aaron stared at the pillar of flame hovering above the Red Sea. They'd camped beside its waters for weeks, waiting for any indication to move, but the Lord had told them nothing. The people grow restless. Wasn't the Lord going to lead us to the promised land? He still will. If I've learned anything about the Lord, it's that his time is not our own. He took 400 years to free us from Egypt, but now it is done. What's a few more weeks camping by the sea? It's not exactly a land flowing with milk and honey. Just then, they heard a great rumbling in the distance. Looking towards the mainland, they could see a dark cloud rising on the horizon. Moses, do you see? It's Pharaoh's chariots. And closing fast. They'll be here within a day. Shouts rang out in the Israelite camp. The people began to panic, and Aaron raced down to hear them out. He quickly returned. Moses, the people are terrified. They're accusing us of leading them here to die. Some said that it would have been better for them to have stayed in Egypt. How quickly these people lose faith. Please, Moses, they've never heard the voice of God like you have. But they saw his power, and they see his pillar of flame that guides us at night. Their faith may be weak, but they are still our people. Call out to the Lord and ask him to deliver us once more, please. Fine, 
What choice do I have? Moses walked away from the camp until he was standing alone on a sandy beach. He shut his eyes and quieted his mind as he had done in the past. Once more, he heard the voice. Moses, why are you crying out to me? Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea. I will do as you command. Moses stretched his staff out before him and stretched his hand. A powerful wind blew from the east, billowing his cloak. Before him, the sea began to stir. Even from this distance, I recognize you and your wretched staff, Moses. Your people panic at the sight of me and leave you exposed and vulnerable. I bring your death in my hands. Onward, faster! As Pharaoh's army drew nearer, the Israelites began to wail with fear. They were trapped, but they had not been abandoned. The pillar of smoke that had guided them by day receded to the back of the camp. It spread with the easterly wind, shrouding the rear guard of the Israelites in an impenetrable fog. Pharaoh's army rode directly into it. The charioteers could hardly see. They grew disoriented and broke formation. Pharaoh rode down the lines, trying to regain control. Turn back, men! Turn back! They are pinned against the sea, and the fog blinds them just as it blinds us. Fall back and form a perimeter. We will surround them and leave them no escape. Pharaoh's armies pulled back from the fog and formed a blockade, ensuring the Israelites had nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. Because of this, they were blind to the miracles occurring behind the fog. The winds cut through the Red Sea, forming a corridor of dry land. To the south and to the north, the waters stood like walls, several stories high. The Lord has provided our deliverance. Everyone, forward across the sea! At Moses' command, thousands upon thousands of Israelites fled across the sea, walking on the dry ocean bed. Moses and Aaron came last. Moses, the fog, it's disappearing. We're out of time. Have faith, brother. We'll make it across just as we're meant to. If God could make us run faster than a chariot, now's the time. As the fog lifted, the armies of Pharaoh were stunned at the sight before them. A canyon cut through the center of the sea, and the Israelites were almost across it. These are the people who stole your food, your livestock, your sons! They are within our grasp, and they will fall by our blades! Onward to vengeance! With a roar, the army plunged into the path forged by the Israelites. Their chariots gained ground quickly. Pharaoh grinned wickedly as he spotted Moses and Aaron near the rear. He lifted his sword high. Moses, I see you there, well within my reach. Pray to your God. Make sure he's watching when I take your head. 
Moses raised his staff, and at that moment, the wind ceased. A roar began to build behind the Egyptians. At the rear of Pharaoh's armies, the split halves of the Red Sea fell. The walls of water came barreling down, crushing the Egyptian soldiers and horses with incredible force. Pharaoh watched as the sea swallowed his army. He whipped his own horses harder, driving his chariot to the edge of the sea. There Moses stood, staff raised in the air. The two men locked eyes, hatred seething between them. Your people belong to me. We all belong to God. Even you! Moses swept his staff down and the waves came racing up. They crashed against Pharaoh's chariot, breaking it like kindling. With one last scream, Pharaoh and his army were swept beneath the waves, never to be seen again. When the Israelites saw what had happened, the entire camp began to cheer. Moses did not join them. Instead, he looked to the sky and sang. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. Moses' song of praise spread throughout the camp. All the Israelites praised the Lord, for they were finally freed from Pharaoh's terrible grasp. What do we do now, Moses? We follow him. Moses pointed into the desert. The pillar of smoke had reappeared on the horizon. The God of the Israelites guided his people through the desert. When they needed water, he provided springs for his people. When they needed food, he provided manna, bread from heaven, and quail for them to eat. When they came across hostile nations, he drove their armies away. After three months of wandering, he brought them all the way to Mount Sinai. A trumpet blast echoed through the desert. A great cloud billowed up from the mountain, bristling with lightning and thunder. The whole mountain shook as great flames descended upon it. The Israelites cowered in fear, but Moses stepped forward. He is calling me. Moses walked into the cloud of smoke. He climbed all the way to the top of Mount Sinai, where he came face to face with the radiant presence of God. 
There, he found the last thing he'd expected, two large stone tablets carved with Hebrew letters. Moses heard the familiar voice echo over the mountain. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make idols. You shall not take my name in vain. You will keep the Sabbath holy. You shall honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet. Bring my commandments to the people so they might know that I am the Lord. Moses picked up the stone tablets and descended the mountain. When he emerged from the smoke, his face shone with a nearly blinding brilliance. He held the Ten Commandments aloft and shouted to the people, The Lord has given us his law. Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The Israelites knelt and sang out in praise. Moses found Aaron in the crowd and the brothers embraced. My brother, we have seen the face of God. Soon we will see the promised land. We will. A land flowing with milk and honey, just as you said. Our land, brother. <laughs> Our land. The story of Exodus is about a people escaping bondage and about the founding of a new nation. When Moses descends from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments, it signals the birth of Israel as God's envoy to the world. Interestingly, Exodus is not the first story about a nation claiming their laws had a divine origin. The Code of Hammurabi was written in ancient Babylon around 1750 BC, approximately 300 years before the earliest possible date of the Exodus. As king of Babylon, Hammurabi claimed that he received his legal code directly from Shamash, the Babylonian god of the sun. Many scholars have pointed out that both the Code of Hammurabi and the Law of Moses rely on eye-for-an-eye measures. While it is likely the Code of Hammurabi influenced Moses, the way these two sets of laws diverge is quite interesting. Hammurabi used his code as proof that he had the divine right to rule. This implication formed one of the earliest examples of a theocratic monarchy. All of the people were meant to follow the will of the gods, as well as the will of the king. Ancient Egypt was another example, as Pharaoh was seen as a god in his own right. In contrast, the Law of Moses attempts to create a true theocracy, a country in which all citizens are equal under the rule of a deity without the need for a human intermediary. The Israelites did not answer to any mortal individual, but to the unchanging rules that had been written down beforehand. 
It makes sense that a group that spent centuries living as slaves might try to create such a civilization. Having already been ruled by one despot, they would have been wary of one rising up from within their own nation. Of course, the story doesn't end there. Somewhere between 200 and 400 years after the Exodus, the nation of Israel appointed themselves a king and became a theocratic monarchy. In the centuries that followed, they were torn apart by conflict and despotism and eventually conquered by neighboring countries. Yet even though they eventually failed, the initial attempt of the Israelites to avoid tyranny is distinct for its time. The Ten Commandments serve as a timeless example of how mythology can affect not just the beliefs of individuals, but the systems that shape our world. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Every Wednesday, we dive into the dark origins of classic fables. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Giles Hobseth, with writing assistance by Robert Teamstra and Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Haley Milliken, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tiana Camacho, Cameron Nikod, Nazi Tarsha, and Laith Walshleger. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For many, Sunday is a special day spent with family. That makes it the perfect time to check out the Spotify original from Parcast, Malicious Moms. Hi, I'm Vanessa Richardson. Every Sunday in this Parcast collection, join me for an intimate look at the matriarchs who were far more criminal than caring. Warning, this isn't your mother's podcast. Follow Malicious Moms free and only on Spotify.